Good morning, Huntsville Christian Church. We continue our series on Joshua. Today we're going to talk about fresh faith and preparation. God places a premium on preparation. So even though the Israelites had crossed the Jordan, they still were not ready to take Jericho. First, all the men had to be circumcised. This practice had stopped when they were wandering in the wilderness, so now they had to prepare themselves to go into battle. And after the circumcision, God said, the shame has been taken away from Israel this day. A short while after that, the people began to celebrate the Passover. They ate grain in the land, and the manna God had provided ceased. The people could now take care of themselves. So the Lord revealed to Joshua that the people were to walk around the city of Jericho for six days, one time around. They were to follow the priests as the priests played their horns in front of the Ark of the Covenant. On the seventh day, they were to march seven times around the city. Though their actions no doubt seemed foolish to many, Joshua had the people to do exactly as God had commanded. On the seventh day, there was a march, there was a blast from the trumpets, and a shout from the people. The walls fell with a mighty crash, and all within perished. All that is except Rahab and her family who was in the house with her. Once again, God had been true to his word. Thank you, Miss Lil, for that. Uh, as Miss Lil alluded to, we have been studying through Joshua, and this morning we're going to continue our study through Joshua and examining his faith that he had. And as I read through Joshua chapters 5 and 6 this week, I was really intrigued by the powerful faith that Joshua really displayed. And today we're actually looking at a very well-known passage from Joshua. But I challenge you this morning to look at it with a different lens and to see it in a new light as we dive into God's Word this morning. And this morning I'm really going to be focusing on chapter 6 of Joshua where he's talking about Jericho. And growing up, this passage actually confused me quite a bit because growing up in Mississippi, close to where my grandmother lived, there's a small church called Jericho Baptist Church. And it always confused me when I saw it that it was still standing and it hadn't fallen. It just didn't make a lot of sense in my young mind. But now that I'm a little older, I actually understand that the Bible wasn't talking about this little country church. It's actually talking about Jericho in the Bible. And it wasn't that same thing. So this morning we're actually going to read in Jericho chapter 6, verses 1 through 25, which says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them, hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord 
and have seven free scary trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to, his, to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and, near the, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried so he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once, then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. On the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the, tr- sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all of that, was at, that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who were with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and the gold, the, all the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. They, de- they devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed it with the sword, every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Joshua said to the men who had, who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house, bring her out, and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So those young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and her mother, her brothers and her sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought, her, brought out her entire family, and put them in a place outside of the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it, and they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent despised to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. And here we see this very popular story of Joshua and the Lord's army marching around Jericho as the walls fell. And this is a story that I heard growing up so many times in Sunday school. And, and normally, when I think about it, it brings up very different emotions now than it did as a kid. As a kid, it just seemed like an interesting story of men marching around and something falling down. But now looking back at it, I see it as I would have probably, as me, as if I would have been a military commander, would have taken a different approach. Because when I look at history and when I look at, at what happens in the movies and what I've read in books and all this, this is not the typical way of taking over a city. In the movies today that we see, we see these amazing rushing in and these brutal fight scenes that it's full steam ahead, attacking from day one, from the first moment on, it's full on. And I know if I were Joshua in this situation, that would be how I would want to approach this. But Joshua didn't. He, he obeyed what God told him to do. He took his time. 
and he walked around. He and his army walked around once every day for six days, and and Joshua obeyed. He stuck to what God's plan was, and he followed through obediently with what God commanded him to do. Joshua and the Lord's army circled Jericho for six days, and on the seventh day they walked around Jericho seven times, and the walls fell, and Jericho was finally overtaken by the Israelites, and only Rahab was the only Rahab and her family was were spared because of her faithfulness to God and for protecting the spies that Joshua had sent. And growing up, I still loved to hear this story because it fascinated me, though. I was in awe that the walls simply fell because people walked around them. And I was not fully grasping everything that was going on in this story. I just thought that, hey, Joshua and these men walked around the walls of Jericho and they fell down. And, and I also remember watching the VeggieTales version of Josh and the big wall. And I loved watching, watching that and hearing the story taught by my Sunday school teachers. But looking back on the story as an adult, I realized that I missed so much of the faith element that Joshua and his men displayed here. There's so much faith displayed in the chapter. We see an obedient faith, a patient faith, and a faith that was fulfilled. And this morning, we'll be covering those elements of faith. The first being that obedient faith. When we look at Joshua chapter 6, verses 2 through 5, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go straight up, everyone straight in. And here we see the Lord commanded Joshua to march around Jericho, and he gave very specific instructions of what the Lord wanted. And, and as I said earlier, I would have done, wanted to do it a completely different way, but Joshua didn't. He went out and commanded the army and the priest to do exactly what God told him to do. He did it obediently and faithfully. And I love seeing this and reading it because I admire Joshua's faith and his obedience. And for me, when I think about obedient faith, I think about my call into ministry. I felt the call to go into ministry quite early in my walk as a Christian, but it's not what I wanted to do. At that time, I thought I was going to be a major league baseball player who was going to be some big superstar one day. And so I pushed God away and said, hey, that's not what I want to do. I'm going to the major leagues. I'm going to practice and become the best player I can be. And early in my Christian walk, that was my ultimate goal was to get to the major leagues. And it wasn't to be faithful to God. And midway through my high school career of baseball and, and, and as a student, I came to the realization that, hey, you're not talented enough to be in the major leagues. You don't have what it takes. So I said, okay, what now? God was still tugging on my heart and pulling me to go into ministry. But again, my response was, no, that's not for me. I'm going to coach baseball and I'm going to teach. That way I can make an impact on people. And looking back on that, I see that God was already starting to play with my heart there because I wanted to coach and to teach just to impact people and looking and when I think about that though finally when I transitioned into my senior year of high school God finally knocked some sense into my stubborn head that ministry is where he wanted me to be and me standing here preaching to you this morning is proof that I had obedient faith but my obedient faith wasn't easy Joshua's faith that was obedient he made it look easy and I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that many of you are like me, and when you have obedient faith, it doesn't come easy. And my story 
it's, it wasn't easy. And for many of us, obedient faith may look like us losing something or sacrificing something that's important to us to be obedient. For some of us, it may be that, uh, that we may have to go out of our comfort zones to be obedient to what God's commanding us. And maybe we have to make sacrifices to fulfill what God is commanding us to do. And, and I don't know exactly what God is commanding each of you to do in your lives, but will you listen and be obedient and take that first step? And, and so far this morning, we've covered the obedient faith that we saw Joshua displayed. But Joshua also had a very patient faith, as we see in Joshua 6, verses 10 through 14. It says, But Joshua com- had commanded the army, do, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he ha- had the ark of the, of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. Now, I, I said a little bit earlier that this would have been very hard for me if I was a commander to do. It would have been hard to be patient. And Joshua was patient. He did what God told him to. He did it. They marched around the city once a day for six days. They were patient. They were like what a boxer's like when they're waiting for to get that perfect punch in in a boxing match. And like I said when I opened the sermon, though, this puzzled me that they were so patient because I'd always seen these big epic fight scenes where it was full steam ahead. And but that took, took a lot of patience for Joshua and the army. And I can only imagine how difficult it would have been as a soldier in that army to have been patient. Because we the soldiers were brought in to ta- overtake this city, yet they were doing it in such a patient manner. And for my life, I struggle with patience and being patient in faith in God's timing. And, and I live my life and have my, let my faith be the same as an old country song by the, the band called Alabama. And that song, he says, I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. And I hate to admit it, but that is exactly how I live my life and how I let my faith be impacted by that. I don't tr- always be patient in God's timing. But this morning, I actually want to tell you about a story about a baseball coach who was very patient with one of his players. Uh, there was this coach who was a little league baseball coach who was a very kind man, very outgoing man. He, he would show up to a practice after a long, hard day's work, and he showed up to coach these stinky, sweaty teenage boys. And he took finally to one particular player who wasn't the most talented or the most athletic kid. He, mer- he made sure that he included this kid in everything he could on the field, but also off the field. He, 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 he was there for that kid. He loved that kid. And that coach really began building a relationship with that player through baseball that extended far throughout just the baseball season. But through those games and the practices and the travel that it took to get to those games, that coach really invested in that young man. He built him up as a young man and showed him Jesus in the way that his actions. That coach eventually got the young boy to go to church and get plugged in into serving in the church. And he was patient. He, took, he knew it was going to take some time for that young boy to come to know Christ. He realized it was going to take a little time for God to shape and change that young boy's heart. And, and I'm forever grateful for that young coach. I'm forever thankful for, the, for him dis- displaying a true, patient, and obedient faith. 
Because, you see, I wouldn't be here as a youth intern with Huntsville Christian Church if it wasn't for that young coach. And, and I believe when we display an obedient and patient faith just like that young coach did, then we are being a true reflection of Jesus Christ, and we are serving our Lord and Savior well. And, and for you, a patient faith may be not rushing things in some relationships. It may be staying faithful in all you're doing despite what it feels like. It may be that you're continuing to invest in people, even when it feels like it's not going well. It may be being patient and waiting for, to see what God has in store for you. I just pray that you and I truly be patient in our faith with God. And, and so, so far, we have seen this obedient faith. We've seen a, pa- a patient faith. Now we see a, f- a fulfilled faith, looking at Joshua six twenty-one through 25. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out, and all who belong to her, accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and her mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them, them, put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it, but they put the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. And I believe when we look here, we see a fulfilled faith. Uh, Fat Rock opened this series talking about Rahab. And, and Rahab was a prostitute who had protected these spies that Joshua had, Joshua had sent in to see what the land was like. And, and she took them in and she hid them in her house because she knew it was the only way that she would be safe. She knew the only way to be safe, too, was to have faith in the God that Joshua and his spies served. And... and she was faithful to God by protecting her people. She had faith in God that was fulfilled. When the walls around Jericho fell, Joshua spared, spared Rahab and her family. You see, church, we too, though, have a, a faith that will be fulfilled one day. As Christians, we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ. And he went and took our place on the crosses. This morning, we took, partake, partook in communion. Which, is a, which serves as a remembrance of what Jesus did for us. We deserve to be in Jesus' place on the cross for our sins. Uh, though Jesus, through Jesus and our faith in him, though, we have a personal relationship with God. One day, Jesus is going to return to earth and bring us back home. He will fulfill our faith in him by taking us to spend eternity with him and our heavenly Father. And I'm excited for that opportunity because the idea of spending eternity with my loving Father in heaven and my creator who loves me and loves you it's something i can only dream of i can only imagine how amazing that's going to be going to be and when looking at this passage in joshua i can't help but see the parallels of rahab's faith being fulfilled as to the the faith of us being fulfilled when jesus returns and i believe that will be that'll be a wonderful day when jesus brings us back home and he brings us to be with him and so as we come to a close this morning we have seen an obedient faith a patient faith, and a fulfilled faith. This morning, church, I challenge you to really take some time this week to do some self-reflection. Ask yourselves, do you have an obedient faith? Are you listening to what God has commanded you? Are you staying patient in your faith? 
Are you living out an obedient and patient faith in your life? As we come to our response song, how will you respond to God's word? Will you let us know in the comment section if you're on YouTube, that, uh, if you're live streaming, let us know how you're going to respond. And if you're here this morning, will you let somebody know that you're with how you're going to have a deeper, deeper obedient and patient faith? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on, the, on our place on the cross, God, and that, that we would have the opportunity to have an obedient and patient faith in him, that he would come back home here one day to bring us back to heaven to spend eternity with you, God. I pray that if there's anybody here that needs to make a decision for you, God, that they would do so. And it's in your great and holy name I pray. Amen. Would you sing with us?